Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful unto you. We thank you for the truth of your word and the authority of your word. We thank you that your word is anointed to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Deuteronomy 26, from verse 1. In Deuteronomy 26, verse 1, And it shall be, when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord swore unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great mighty and populous and the egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage and when we cried unto the lord god of our fathers the lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression and the lord brought us forth out of egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he has brought us into this place and has given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruit of the land which thou, O Lord, has given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. Is it powerful? Aisha is powerful. He said, when you do this, verse 11 is critical. Let's read it together. Everybody, one go. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God has given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Verse 17 is saying, then he spoke about the tithe in between the first fruit. And then verse 17, he says, Thou hast avouched, 
the Lord this day to be thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice. Verse 18 says, And the Lord has avouched, avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people as he has promised thee and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. And look at something again in verse 19. It's very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. It's giving me excited. Let's read it together. One go. And to make thee high above all nations, which he has made in praise and in name and in honor, and that thou mayest be unholy unto the Lord thy God as he has spoken. Is it beautiful? Give the Lord a big clap offering. Hallelujah. Awesome. Please take your seat. <laughs> We're doing today the covenant of first fruit part two. God really wants us to know is that in our month of covenant, what we need to do as children of God to receive the blessings of God will be taught us and the understanding of that will produce the blessings for us. So here, this is Deuteronomy. And um, God brought them to a certain place in the promised land. Actually, this is now they are in the promised land. When I spoke to you in Exodus, he was speaking from the place where Moses was speaking from the place where they were almost in transition and get into the promised land. But here they are in the promised land. And the Lord is reminding them what he told them along the way. That I need you to perform certain things. And when you do that, in the latter part, he says that you're doing this, the first fruit and the tithe. He says that when you do that, in verse 17, he said, Thou hast avouched the Lord this day. To be thy God. You see, when you honor the tithe and then you honor the covenant of the first fruit, it is an open declaration before human beings, before God, before demonic powers that you have taken the Lord as your God. I am in a covenant with God. It's an avouch. That you are walking in his ways. And verse 18 says that when you do that, the Lord has also what? Avouched thee. <laughs> I have declared him openly and he has also declared me what? Openly. And it is upon that premise that the Lord says that when I declare you openly that you are my people and you are peculiar to me. It says that 19 will begin to happen. And in 19, what is happening there? And to make thee high above on it. I want you to see something here. Very, very crucial that when you avouch the Lord to be your God and to obey him, to follow his commandment and statutes, you didn't give God anything. You didn't add any value to God. 
Okay, let's read it so that you, you see that all you are doing is that you are obeying and following instruction in verse 17. You are following. You are not adding anything to God. You are not giving anything to God. Thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgment and to hearken unto his voice. That's all you are doing is that I am obediently following you. That's all you are bringing to the table of the covenant. I'm obediently following the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then the Lord so he says, I'm avouching you. And, so it's, and the Lord has avouched thee this day. To be his peculiar people, as he has promised thee, and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. He's just saying that, okay, just if you say that I have taken you, as long as you are keeping this commandment, you are with me in covenant. It's a deal. Say it's a deal. Isn't it not powerful? Then when, when the Lord says, I have avouched thee, then he's going a step further that as you obey, this is what I'm going to do. My own obedience is to do this thing. They are promises. 19. And to make thee high above all nations. Who doesn't want this? And to make thee high above all nations which he has made. That is number one. How is he going to make you above all nations? He's explaining. <laughs> it's nice. So I see somebody here. God is putting you because you are a nation. And he is putting you above all nations. That is, you will not have a proper competitor in life. All the time, your business will be above. Your marriage will be above. I don't care who is praying in your family. If they are covenant, it's on ground. It's a personal relationship. But God says that once you avouch me and I avouch you, I am raising you. Above all, the covenant is important for elevation. For changing levels. I am raising you above all nations that I have made. How? Number one. In praise. In what? That God will make people to praise you and you shall become a praise. You'll be a song that people will be singing. That is number one. Number two, in what? In what? In name. In what? Name. <laughs> I'm raising you and I'm giving you a name. You see, when this is happening, your personal name will be greater than the effect your mother or father thought he was giving you that name for. Yes, it's a, giving you a name is a, it's making you have global effect, global impact. And you know, names don't die. When, when you become a name, you don't die. And you, we can't even be talking about what names can do. Some names shut doors, some names open doors. Yeah, so, some names, they cannot be a positive social capital. Because once you, you, you they, they ask you and you mention and they realize you have that name, every door starts shutting. It's a negative. But some other names, oh boy. Yeah. Once you mention that name, you can leverage on that name. Do you understand? It's an open door. 
I will give you a name, make you a name, a name. And then in honor, in honor, that you will not, you will not be a regular person. This, God will make you honorable. Honorable through generations because of covenant. In honor. So in praise, in name, in honor. So you will not be sitting on Instagram and, and trying to be a, a, whether a slaughter queen or king or slave. It's a joke. It's a, you don't need to reveal your breast and, and, and other things to, to have a name. It's a joke. You just have to be in a covenant. And it doesn't matter whether you come from Yamasokro or you come from Kokrontumi. God says, I will make you a praise. I will make you a name. And it shall be in honor. <laughs> it's nice. It's powerful. Is the scripture finished? And that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God as he has spoken. So this is a blessing for being in covenant with God. How many of you want to be in covenant with God? If you are born again, you are already in covenant with God. Then he said, I want you to do this first fruit thing in this promised land. Now, if you read from verse number three downwards, he's already instructed them to give the first fruit. But he said when the person brings the first fruit, the person should be given a recitation. And in that recital, the person is supposed to be saying something. And thou, verse 5. He said, and thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see, the first fruit is one of the things that makes you trace your root. Of who you truly are and how your life should have ended. That when you bring the basket full of that first fruit, you say that a Syrian ready to perish was my father. Is making reference to Abraham. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few. And became there a nation great, mighty, and populous. That's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then eventually Joseph. Are you here now? And the Egyptians evil entreated us, that they maltreated us, and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. Why should we give the first fruit? Why? Verse 7, and when we cried unto the Lord, our God, the God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with what? A mighty hand. With what? An outstretched arm. Again, with what? Great terribleness. And with what? Signs. And with what? what? Say God spent resources. The first resource was what? A mighty hand. Second one was an outstretched arm. 
Third one was what? Great terribleness. That's disaster upon the people. Vengeance. Number four, right? Signs and with what? Wonders. This is what God did to deliver his people from Egypt. And he said, and he has brought us into this place and has given us this land, even a land that flowed with milk and honey. So the first case God wants his, he wants to make in taking the first fruit is that, first of all, you come from a cursed family. Your background as a Syrian means that you are cursed. And even today, today, if you go to Syria, there is nothing there again. This week, as you are going there, we need to put you in an armored car. About 160,000 refugees were fleeing Syria this very week. The whole place from Aleppo to wherever is being cleared, falsely pushed out. And no country wants to receive them. America doesn't want to receive them. You know, some other places, Germany started receiving, they started having problems, Angela Merkel and all those people lose, trying to lose election. He said, I'm not receiving you again. It's like they have become stranded. That, that is the kind of place Abraham was coming from. Cursed. So the, 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 he said he's not going again, but you see, the question is, uh, what is your family background like? A Gentile. You and I are Gentiles. Abraham was a Gentile. Yeah. Ready to perish. <laughs> That's a key statement there. A Syrian ready to what? Perish. Then the Lord intervened and saved me. Saved him. He went to Egypt. Increased, became mighty, became populous. And the Egyptians now. So Egypt there is a type of the world. And then he said they were in a hard bondage. In what? Was it a normal bondage? Very hard one. Like I'm telling you that if Jesus had not saved you from Egypt. Hmm? Oh, by now. By now. Are we even talking? By, by now. The maltreatment of Satan would have just finished you and I. Me first, then you second. But the Lord saved us, delivered us from a mighty hand. I mean, see, he's just showing you that it was not cost free. It was not without expending resources that you are born again. You might think that you just walk in here and say, I want to give my life to Christ. But it is not so. Because if you are in the world, Satan owns you. 
And for you to be owned by God or Christ, it had to take the blood of Jesus. He had to lose his life to gain you. Old Testament doesn't have words enough to speak because he's speaking in the shadow. And he's saying that God used a mighty hand, a strong hand, one, two, and a stretch hand. That's, God had to leave his domain and stretch. That's why Jesus left eternity into humanity to deliver you. And he had to use radical vengeance, terribleness. Killing, bringing frogs, killing firstborns in Egypt, scattering people, perplexing Pharaoh until with many signs and wonders, Pharaoh said, now you people can go. Strong bondage was broken. Strong addictions. Strong sin. To perpetuate the curses from Syria. And in your case, my case, from Elimina. So if it is not Christ, by now, listen to me. I want to preach you. I'm saying if it is not Christ, by now. You see, the way your family has been arranged in Pono. It's like your grandmother was supposed to be the fetish priestess. And so by now, it's according to the family tree, you should be the person with the shire upon right now, with some leaves around you and some beads around your ankles and wrist and some nyama nyama thing around your waist, with some small pierce cloth around your chest to cover your breast, and with your dirty self, you'll be sitting in front of the shrine Sunday morning collecting chicken. We can easily forget where we come from and how our lives would have turned out when it is well with us. And you see, these things are lying vanities that will not make you stay in active covenant with the Lord. That's why you read the Bible. One of the key words in the Bible is remember, 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 remember. Remember, do not forget. Remember, do not because you see, forgetfulness is part of the human nature. And in Egypt, to deliver the firstborn, which is the Israelite, God had to kill every firstborn of man, including Pharaoh's firstborn, and that of all animals. So the only firstborn that was standing was the Israelite. And God said, now the whole Israel is my firstborn. So when all firstborns have been killed to keep God's firstborn, that that firstborn, who, who, who owns it? That all these people wanted to kill you. And I have killed all of them so that you are the only remaining. Don't you belong to God? That's why I say Israel is my firstborn. And Israel, you are my first fruit and you belong to me. The first fruit is mine. 
first of all, because of the deliverance. And he's done a long narration that don't let it look to you like you are doing me a privilege when you bring the basket of the first fruit. So when you bring it and the priest receives it and puts it on the altar, I want you that brought the first fruit to go and stand where the priest will tell you to stand and start reciting to remind yourself that you have not done God any favors. That but for the deliverance of God, you would have been wasted as a Syrian. So bringing the first fruit is to remind you and to humble you. That first of all, someone owns you. And he, God owns you. And so anything first fruit in your life is also owned by God. That's the first point. The deliverance is the reason why you are God's property. And therefore, anything called first fruit in your life belongs to your owner. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's, that's point number one. I'm showing you where the first fruit came from. Then number two. <laughs> right from verse one. It started saying that. And it shall be. When thou art come in unto the land. So you, you remember they were in Egypt. And God promised to give them a, a land in Canaan. Seven nations he put together to give to them. The lands did not belong to them. God went and cleared the owners and gave it to them as a promise. Are you here now? They didn't fight for it. Psalm 44, verse 1 to 3. For this is the, is the, for the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Oh God. We have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in their day. In the days long ago. Verse 2. Let's read it together. One go. What did God do? You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. Read on. One, go. You crushed their enemies and set our ancestors free. Did they fight for it? Is it not God who cleared them and gave it the land to them? It's very clear. It's not like... You, can, you see, and, and the verse 3 is even... It, the verse 3 is very clear. And please, let's read this thing. Because it's so important. One, go. Can we read verse 3? One, go. They did not conquer the land with their own sword. It was not their what? Own strong arm. That gave them what? Okay, what happened? It was your right hand and strong arm. And the blinding light from your face that helped them. For you love them. <laughs> it's very clear. Very clear. There is no argument that God made them landlords. And they didn't know anything about it. 
Yes. Nice. So this promised land we are talking about is a land God has provided. It's for you. It's a lease. It's an inherited land. It's a lease. But the real owner is God. So he said, when you come, Deuteronomy 26, verse 1, when you come to the land, and it shall be when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Who gives you? For what? And, and you possess it and dwell therein. <laughs> when you come there, when now you are there, what should you do? Verse 2. This is what you shall do. That thou shalt take of all the first of the earth. Did he say the first of your pocket? What did he say? Of all the what? You see, I, I want to engage you so that you read. So you see, sometimes when pastor is reading to you, you say, I say, man, but when you say it to yourself, it's more powerful. The first of all the earth. The fruit of the which earth? Is it Egypt? Did he ask them to give them give him the fruit of Egypt? Were there no fruit in Egypt also? He said, I don't want that one. The fruit, the first fruit I'm requiring of you to give is from the land I promised and I conquered. And I gave it to you as an inheritance. And I've given it to you. My own land. And I'm saying that now that you are dwelling in there. When you, whatever you grow. Which of course I even helped it to, to go into fruition. Give me the first of that. It didn't say your father's land or your uncle's land. or something. Land that I myself have given you. It's like, I've given you my parent. Is it, is, it, is it bad that somebody has built and he's giving it to you and he's a parent? Is it bad? If you want to stop paying rent, eh, buy your own land. Build your own house. Is it a complex equation for you to solve? So he said, this land, I gave it to you myself. Verse 2, you are giving me the first fruit of that earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name. Go to my bank, deposited there. And you see, God is making demand on this because he gave them the land. So, you can also see here that God is not asking an Egyptian who was not heir to the promise of the land to bring him anything. 
God is asking only his people who are dwelling in the land he gave them to bring the first fruit. Let me just say that the first fruit is not a covenant for unbelievers. So you cannot sit on Facebook and be saying things as if we are preaching something for you to practice. You are an Egyptian. Yes. You are an Egyptian. God is not talking to Egyptians. He's talking to Israelite, his own people that he has saved and planted in a particular land. And he's saying that, give me the first fruit of that land. Now, as for the why, I will be teaching you. And even in January, you know it to be deeper. So, to sit there being an unbeliever or a believing unbeliever and making an argument that why should we pay first fruit? Why should we? Listen. See? The, the land he gave them uh, is a big land. But when it came to the first fruit, you just watch that verse too, very critically. That thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land. Now, if the Bible is yours, just circle that thy land. Because it will make sense for you to know that in the bigger pack of the promised land, which was about seven nations put together and given to them, all the tribes of Israel did not dwell in the same land that the Rubenite had their portion. People of Judah had their portion. Gadite had their portion. Are you following now? Simeon had their portion. So all these tribes were given portions of that bigger land. And God was saying that, Reuben, the portion I gave you, I want you to bring me the first fruit from that portion. And you see, God was expecting them to work the land. And then, Bring out fruit from their portion. You, where is your portion? What is your portion? Because we are all in the body, in the kingdom. It's a big land. Then God has made you a lawyer. Your portion is your domain where you work. Yeah, that your office, that your, that your law. And he's saying that you too, you have your own business. This is your portion. The Lord is my portion in the land of the living. This is your portion. Whatever thy land is, thy portion is. When I allow things to grow from there, that's why in all the land of Israel, there was no part that was barren. And none too shall be barren in the land. So everybody will have something to bring. And it is the arrangement of God. Not because they were right. But God had just made it like that. So you, you, you work the first fruit. Bring it to me. I told them at the first service that some of you, your villages. When somebody does a farm. 
the first fruit, they send some to the chief's house. If the chief have not been chasing people, small girls, they send some to his house. And they send some to the church. I have lived in the village before. When you achieve and you start chasing small girls, they don't bring you first fruit. They pray that you die. Because you have already taken. Illegally. And they send it to the church. Even till today. People send first fruit to the church. From their farming. Praise the Lord. Even in this Accra. So you see there are benefits. If you read 9. And he has brought us into this place. And has given us this land. Even a land that floweth with milk and what? Honey. Did they bring the milk to the land? Did they bring the honey to the land? When they came, the land God gave them was flowing with what? So were they giving God something they, they possessed themselves? Is it not God who gave it to them? The work God gave you in the insurance company, when you went there, it is not your money they used to pay you. When you went there, God had already provided some funding from somewhere. And God says, I want you to be employed here. So when you collect your first salary, God said, that one, it belongs to me. You met it. Verse 10. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruit of the land, same land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God, and worship before the Lord thy God. The first fruit is a, a worship unto God. That's why Proverbs 3, 9 says that, another Lord with all thy substance, and with the first fruit of thine increase. It is in honor of God. It's a worship. Worship is not singing songs. In the Bible, worship has never been singing songs. It has always been an offering of something. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So in worship, verse 11, verse 11, and thou shalt rejoice. He said, when you do this, that's a critical point. And this is what should help you to make the decision on what to do. Because life is personal. Is what? When you bring the first fruit, then he said in that verse 11, I can never forget this. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God has given unto thee and unto thy house. Thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. <laughs> so here, God is saying that, first of all, the promise that I will bless Abraham until he becomes a blessing to even strangers, it is impossible until you are honoring him with the first fruit. Thou and thy household, thou and the stranger and the Levite. So even before you spend 
with the Levite, the stranger, and all the, those other people. You should have honored the Lord first with your first fruit. Is it clear? Then he's saying again, that when you do that, then thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which, is, which the Lord thy God has given you in that land. How is it that people have a job? Everybody knows the job pays well. And they are besaddled with debt. How? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Okay, what is first fruit in our time? You can't enjoy the good of the land if the first fruit is not in place. Because even in the book of Romans, it is the first that sanctifies the rest. So when God gives you a year like 2020, God has given us, say a big amen. amen. What is the first fruit? January. That January, that's why January, we don't pay tight in this church. January, we give all our salary to God. It is the first fruit from that year. Not the first week. All, all. The, the, the guy, did you see the guy who was sharing the testimony? The Igbo guy. He said, the whole, the whole. The whole building, massive supply. And those of us who practice the first fruit, we are very happy. We give our first month's salary to God. Watch this. You are, God gives you a job, the first salary from that job. If you didn't know, you don't eat it. You don't pay tithe. You give that salary to God. I told you last year that when people were sent into apprenticeship and then they graduated and started business for themselves, they are first earning. The wiser ones, they sent it to their father who trained them. True or false? When you are a manager, and God increases you to GM or CEO or Director General, you have moved up that salary in that realm. Who is going to protect you? That's the question. Where is your deliverance going to come? Have you read a scripture that says, promotion does not come from the east nor the west, but it comes from the Lord. So going up, it's the work of God. So when God promotes you from, from messenger to manager, you don't chop the first manager salary. You don't chop it. And it is it's a blessing for your own sustenance and prosperity that you will enjoy all the good in that position. Some people get a promotion and they get stroke. Because you got a promotion by a spirit's help. And you didn't think you needed his help for your sustenance. That's why Juju has been looking for you. And like I'm saying, 
this message is not for unbelievers. This is our kingdom. This is how our kingdom operates. So if you are a believer, you still have a choice to make. Whether I want to be a partaker of a covenant with God and receive the blessings that we have spoken about, or I don't want. And then the year 2020, you eat the January. And then fend for yourself in February, March, April, May, up to December, like it has been happening for a lot of people. You have worked there for 15 years. But there, there's nothing. Even your children you are educating, they are, they are trying to become armed robbers or lesbians or gays. From that poisonous fruit, from that, that, that thing that has not been sanctified. Yeah. That's why your, your young lady is collecting stipends from you and giving it to a boy to blow her. the boy to sleep with her. Because your money is troublesome. Following the covenant, eh, it will bless you. Praise the Lord. So why have I taught it in October? Because in the first service, we learned that if you don't redeem the first, you break the neck. You break the neck. So some people break the neck of their ear. And God used Abua, an animal, as a metaphor. So when you break the neck of that animal, it can't give birth to anything for you again. Are we making sense? So some people, they go into a year and eating the first month, whatever. You have already killed the year. That's how it is as it is. Whatever is written is written. So I'm teaching it in October because there is something in Proverbs 6 that says that go to the ant and learn. It doesn't have a guide. It doesn't have a supervisor. But it's able to save. Knowing that not honoring the Lord with the first fruit is not a blessing to you. And knowing that it's a covenant practice you have to practice with your faith. You see, if you don't plan for it, January will come and you will see us giving the first fruit and you, you will wish to do it, but you will not be in the position to do it because you didn't plan for it. So, because January you will not have salary if you're working. I don't know if, if I'm making sense. That's if you're a practitioner. It means generally you don't have salary. But there will be school fees to pay. It is likely that your January salary is supposed to sustain you in February. Is that not so? So now that you have given it, February, how are you going to go to work? You fast? Or you trek? That is why in our month of covenant, so maybe I will even move it to September. It's October. So that I start teaching it to my brother, save. My sister, save. Reduce buying bag. So this teaching has come so that you will plan. You will do what? Plan. I can't hear you. You do what? Plan. Yeah, plan for the school fees. Plan for all the expenses that are mandatory on you to make in January. But start now. Do what? Start. 
It is only your savings that can save you. That can make you comfortably do this thing. Only your savings. Joyfully. Or else, you'll be doing it and you'll be... Wing-wing. I say, yeah, you are a covenant practitioner. And your faith crowd will not allow you to sleep knowing that you chop your January salary. You are restless night, sleepless night. But how is it? It's not like there is not a willingness to do, but you didn't plan. So plan so that it will be easier for you to fulfill the dictates of your faith. Because in our kingdom, this is how it works. It's not a nice time to preach this. And even in January, you know, I want to make boss with that one. Because we can't do this thing without a deeper revelation. And we know that in, in our insight determines our provision. So we have to have all the revelation to lay claim on this covenant. So when I'm teaching it, teaching, you'll be there, the thing will be nunuing you. Nunuing you. Nunuing you. Nunuing you. Nunuing you. You don't know what to do. Ah, where is the money? If I give this thing, what am I going to do? Start now. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org one word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service, 9.30 a.m. for the second service, and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.